We meet today in Psalm chapter 20 and chapter 21. We look at the plea of Israel for the success of the Messiah, the ascension of Jesus Christ. Psalm 20 is not classified as one of the messianic psalms, but I have labeled it such because it is a prophecy of the Messiah and his work of redemption. I think it is closely linked with the two psalms that follow it. In Israel, these psalms were sung together in liturgical ways. Some scholars think that they were chanted by the leaders of worship, the Levites, and by the assembled worshippers who responded antiphonally. This is another psalm that tells out the grace of God. Psalm 20, verse 1. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. Now, the day of trouble is when we want him to hear us, isn't it? Now, this is David's psalm. How did old Jacob get in here? By the grace of God. God never was ashamed to be called the God of Jacob. I would have been ashamed of Jacob myself because of some of the things that he did. Maybe you have been ashamed of him too, but God was not ashamed of him. God saved Jacob by his grace. This is why I say it is the psalm that speaks of the grace of God. When you hear that may the Lord answer you in the day of your trouble. Yes, the Lord, we need him to speak to us and answer us in our day of trouble. But we must also remember that he is the God of Jacob. He is the one who defends us. He defended Jacob even though he had also his shortcomings. Psalm 20 verse 2. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. What sanctuary is this verse talking about? Is it talking about the church? No. The sanctuary in Jerusalem? Where is Zion? Maybe you are thinking of Zion. Or you may be thinking of your own town. I may be thinking of my own city, Harare, Zion, Lilongwe. You see, but David is not talking about those places, nor even the church. Psalm 20 verse 3 says, May he remember all your offerings and accept your bent sacrifices. You see, notice that he is not referring to our offerings, but to Christ's offerings. He offered up offerings in the days of his flesh, not only prayers and tears. That's what we find in Hebrews chapter 5. But finally he offered up his own body. So where is this sanctuary? It is actually from heaven above. May the Lord remember you from his dwelling place way up yonder. Here is Psalm 20, verse 4 to verse 6. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation and the name of our God we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. 
he will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Again, you see here, the answer is coming. He will answer him from his holy heaven. But actually, this psalm is mainly speaking of Christ, although it applies to all of us. The Father is going to hear the prayers of the Lord Jesus. Remember that he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. This was the Lord's prayer in John 11 verse 4 to verse 42 at the time of the rising of Lazarus from the dead. Christ is probably the only one whom the Father always hears and always answers. Here is Psalm 20 verse 7 to verse 9. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen. But we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the King answer us when we call. Isn't this amazing? We are given here a contrast of other people who trust in chariots and horses, but the people of God trust in the Lord our God. Who do you trust in? Who do you have confidence in? Do you have confidence in your checkbook? Do you have confidence in your bank account? Do you have confidence in your government? Do you have confidence even in your medical aid plan? The redeemed of the Lord. Trust in the Lord. You see, the Lord is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We even read in one of the Psalms, to say, if the Lord does not build the house, the builders build in vain. If the Lord does not watch the city, even the watchmen watch in vain. The king is for Israel. For us today, he is our savior. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Save Lord is actually Hosanna in Hebrew. This is a great Hosanna psalm, if you like. May God make it save Lord to us. We now move on to Psalm 21. And Psalm 21 is another messianic psalm. Although it is not on the list of the messianic psalms that I have had uh, and I spoke about in the introduction. It is even not quoted verbatim in the New Testament as referring to Christ. However... I don't think you can read it without coming to the conclusion that it is reference to Christ. In fact, Israel from the beginning said this psalm spoke of the Messiah. The Targum, which is the Chaldean paraphrase of the Old Testament, and the Talmud, Tim, said that the king mentioned in this psalm is the Messiah. The great Talmud scholar Rabbi Solomon Isaac, known as Rush, born in B.C. 1040, endorsed this interpretation but suggested that it should be given up because of Christians making use of this psalm as an evidence that Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah. I feel that this is a very good testimony to the fact that this psalm does not refer to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It is also interesting to note that this psalm is used by the liturgical churches that observe certain days such as Day of Ascension. They use this psalm as commemorating the ascension, that is, the return of the Lord Jesus to glory and his presence there as our great high priest. I don't know why those of us who are fundamental in the faith have paid so little attention even to the ascension of Christ because it is an important one, my friend. We observe Christmas, we observe Easter, and even the day of Pentecost, but we don't remember, we forget to observe the ascension of Christ. To me, that is a great day. Well, this psalm gives us the opportunity to give some thought to our Lord Jesus' ascension. We will see him as king in heaven, and we will see the judgment that is to come upon those who have rejected him. Notice how this psalm opens. Psalm 21 verse 1. The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation. How greatly shall he rejoice. You see, although David is speaking of his personal experience, the primary interpretation refers to the Lord Jesus Christ. The king shall have joy in your strength. In Hebrews 2 verse 2 it was said of the Lord, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And he ascended into heaven and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. This verse speaks of the joy of our Lord in having wrought our salvation for us. He rejoices in the power and the strength that have been bestowed upon him. He has gone to heaven, and the angels and the principalities have been made subject to him. Today he is able to save to the utmost those who come to God through him. That's what Hebrews 7 verse 25 says. And indeed, this is a wonderful psalm. Psalm 21 verse 2. You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. Selah. When the Lord Jesus made his final report to his father in his high priestly prayer given in John 17, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. John 17 verse 1. You see, this prayer and all the Lord's other requests have been and will be answered as we see in this prayer. This is the prayer of ascension. He is at God's right hand. And he says, you have given him his heart's desire. When he was here on earth, the Lord Jesus could say, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you have loved me before the foundation of the world. John 17 verse 24. Now this prayer will be answered in the future when we are with him. He came to the earth to make that possible. The father has not withheld the request of his son's lips. No. This is why we read that verse saying, 
you have given him his heart's desire. You have not withheld the request of his lips. Here is Psalm 21, verse 4 to verse 6. He asked life from you and you gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. His glory is great in your salvation. Honor and majesty you have placed upon him. For you have made him most blessed forever. You have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. My friend, the Lord Jesus Christ came to give his life a ransom for many down here on earth. On earth you find him in humiliation and you find him pleading again and again in prayer. He agonized in the garden of Gatesmine. Psalm 102 verse 23 and 24 says of the Lord Jesus, He weakened my strength in the way. He shortened my days. I said, O oh my God, do not take me away in the midst of my days. Your years are throughout all generations. Now we see him here. He asked for life. He died in the very prime of his life. He was 33 years old when he died. He prayed, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. In Hebrews 5 verse 7, we are told, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. How was he heard? He died, but God raised him from the dead. Now he lives in his glorified human body forever and ever and ever. He is now at the right hand of the Father. You see, his glory is great in your salvation. All the glory that should accrue to him because he saved you and me. So the psalm here is speaking of Christ and his ascension. Right there in the presence of God. Here is Psalm 21, verse 7 to verse 9. For the king trusts in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High he shall not be moved. Your hand will find all the, your enemies. Your right hand will find those who hurt you. You shall make them a fairy oven in the time of your anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. Now, not only is he a God of salvation, but because of his death upon the cross for sinners, he is also a God of judgment. Those who have rejected him are his enemies. You don't believe in hell? The Bible teaches hell. If you don't believe there is a hell, you are in disagreement with the Bible. Whose testimony are you going to stand on? We were told earlier on, the commandment of the Lord is pure. The law of the Lord is perfect, is right. And whatever God says, it is true. Now, God does not take any delight, you see, in the lost. He wants them to be saved. But God's judgment is called his strange work. His wonderful work is his salvation, you see. He wants to save. If you won't come to him, his way, if you won't come to him for salvation, if you don't want his salvation, then there is nothing but his strange work. And so what remains for you is 
judgment. You shall make them as a fairy oven in the time of your anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. You see, this verse is very clear. Fire is fire, and judgment is judgment. So, the judgment of fire will come upon those who will refuse to take God's way of salvation. Next is Psalm 21, verse 10 to verse 13. Their offspring you shall destroy from the earth, and their descendants from among the sons of men, for they intended evil against you. They devised a plot which they are not able to. Therefore you will make them turn their back. You will make ready your arrows on your string towards their faces. Be exalted, O Lord, in your own strength. We will sing and praise your power. In this marvelous psalm, we see Christ Jesus' cross and his suffering. He endured the cross. And that is why for the joy that was set before him, Hebrews 12 verse 2. His prayers have been answered. Now the king is in heaven. We see him here crowned with glory and honor. He is there on behalf of his people. He is there in unspeakable joy and waiting for his manifestation and kingly glory. I would like to give you another picture of the Lord Jesus Christ today. The first time he came to the earth, he was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief, as Isaiah would say. Somebody says, every picture I have ever seen of Christ is a solemn, serious-looking Christ. I don't care for the pictures that have been painted of Christ, and I know he doesn't look like that today. Why? He is sitting at God's right hand, and his heart is filled with joy. He wants to communicate that joy to you and me. Oh, that we might get a glimpse of him today, the joyful Christ. When the Lord was on earth, his enemies conspired against him, but he trusted in the Lord God, his Savior. In John's vision in Revelation 12, the dragon who represents Satan wanted to devour the main child representing Christ. The woman there is Israel. Before the dragon could devour the main child, he was caught up to God and to his throne. That is where he is right now. Also, this psalm gives us a picture of judgment, which is amplified greatly in the book of Revelation. That is a serious picture, and that is given to us here. Paul the Apostle mentions it also in Second Thessalonians 1 verse 7 to verse 8. And to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. This is a picture of the Lord coming in judgment upon his enemies. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 9 to verse 10 goes on to say, These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified 
in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. My friend, the psalm that is before us here is a glorious one, speaking of the ascension of Christ. What is your relationship to Christ if he is not your Savior? If you have not trusted the one who came down here to die, then judgment is coming upon you someday. But today, he is filled with incredible joy up there in heaven at the right hand of God the Father because he has wrought out your salvation and mine. This wonderful ascension psalm makes very clear the glorious grace of God in Jesus Christ. Have you trusted him? Again, I would like to ask you this wonderful question. Have you accepted his salvation? You have one way of the other. You cannot be in between the lines. You are either for him or against him. For him, you accept his plan of salvation. Against him, you face the coming judgment. And that judgment is sure enough coming. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.